Welcome to another episode of the South Florida Entrepreneurs on Fire podcast, brought to you by the Entrepreneurs Organization of South Florida. I'd like to welcome to the studio today, Andrew Weissman, CEO of Prestige Wholesale. Welcome, Andrew. Thank you very much. Thank you for the invite. Of course. On behalf of the Entrepreneurs Organization, South Florida Chapter, love to congratulate you for earning your rank on the Inc. 2014 largest privately held companies in the United States. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. Tell us a little bit about uh, what Prestige Wholesale does. We are a distributor slash wholesaler of cellular phones. We distribute on a global level. We specialize in what's called the IDEN technology, which stands for Integrated Digital Enhanced Network. The old Nextel phones, the push to talk. Sure. Basically, that's no longer prevalent in the state, so we're able to buy up the used or refurbished product for pretty much next to nothing, take it, remanufacture it, and resell it in countries that it's very prevalent or popular. Countries such as, uh, we specialize in Latin America, Colombia, Guatemala, Argentina, Brazil, some countries in the Middle East, uh, Saudi Arabia, Israel, and we deal a little bit in Asia as well. So it's pretty much just a mode of arbitrage, taking trash here and, you know, it's treasure over there. Interesting. What made you get started? Uh, I've been doing it since 2005, almost 10 years now. And uh, I had a retail cellular phone store in Margate, Florida, a little city uh, in Florida, excuse me. And uh, I transitioned from retail into wholesale. And uh, one thing led to the next. I worked very, very hard and uh, built a business. That's pretty much uh, what happened. What is your ultimate vision for your company? Uh, to grow even bigger, to uh, hire more people, to promote more jobs, give more people work, and uh, increase sales, revenue, the whole nine yards, just grow it even bigger. That's pretty much it. When you launched your business, did you launch with a business plan? No, no. I actually did it when uh, I was 18 years old in 2005. I'm 27 now. And uh, it was actually, I opened the corporation to get into the car business, uh, but then I started buying and selling car chargers, anything you know, basically related to cellular, then cellular phones, and then you know, as I said, one thing led to the next, and it grew, etc. But it just—if you really love what you do, it's going to spiral into something. If you really persevere, uh, because in business you have ups and downs, and you have great times. But if you love what you do, you get up every early. I get to the office at seven ten in the morning, and I make it work. I do what I have to do to be successful. Well, let's talk about that for a minute. When you first started your company, what was your daily work schedule look like opposed to today? It's funny, as, I, uh, as the company became even more successful and grew bigger, I work harder now than I did 10 years ago when I needed, I guess, the money or whatever you want to say, more than I do today. Uh, because the responsibility is tremendous, just a lot bigger. It's just a lot, a lot bigger. Um, but in reference to, uh, I would go to the store, get in, you know, the store would open at 10 a.m., retail hours, 9, 10 a.m. I get there around 9, 9.30, uh, and I'd work till 7, 8 o'clock at night. Now I'm in my office at 7, 15, 7.30, because keep in mind, we deal with time zones. You know, when you talk to Israel, they're obviously way ahead of us, Saudi Arabia. We deal with time zones all over the world. So I get there real early in the morning, and I leave when 7, 8, 9 o'clock, whenever I need to leave. That's pretty much it. How do you distinguish yourself from your competitors? Um, basically, I work a lot harder. We give, I'll work on the weekends, I'll do whatever I need to do. Our quality control is phenomenal. 
A lot of people are very sloppy in business. And there's a saying that I heard from one of my mentors years ago, you always want to pick up the nickels, meaning you have to do what no one else is willing to do. That's what differentiates you. That's how you become successful because like you just said, how do you stand out? What's the incentive to do business with Prestige Wholesale versus XYZ or ABC Sailor or whatever the name of the company is? You want to differentiate yourself. So we go that extra mile with the QC or giving extended financing terms or better warranty or better product, better service overall. And that's why we have repetitive in business and hence why the company keeps growing and growing. Well, we made the Inc. 5000 list uh, twice now. That's fantastic. I'm sure you've made a lot of great decisions, but I'm guessing you've made a mistake or two along the way. Absolutely. Uh, what was your biggest mistake you've made so far in this particular business? <sighs> biggest mistake? <laughs> uh, I don't know. If, I mean, I've, I've made, obviously, some few mistakes. I think that's part of growing a business. Um, biggest mistake? Hmm. I think the way I interact it's, you know, psychology, interacting with customers or employees. Maybe I could have done things I would have done now as of growing as a businessman versus five years ago, handled situations better, uh, maybe not as left as much money on the table, meaning I could have got more money for certain product, but due to, you know, uh, feeling, I guess, anxious, you let product go for a little bit cheaper, uh, stuff like that. There's, you know, knock on wood, there's been no catastrophic mistakes. Knock on wood. Excellent. So speaking of money, how did you finance the launch of your business? When I first started, um, before 2005, I used to put ringtones on, on kids' phones. I used to do it in high school when I was 16, 17 years old. Uh, I earned you know, 10, 15, $20,000 I saved up. I bought that retail store for 11000 I sold it 11 months later. I doubled my money on the store. So I was working with 20, 25000 whenever I accumulated then. Uh, plus, I had some bar mitzvah for money, <laughs> and um, I just started buying and selling, buying and selling. And as the financials grew and became very strong, I became bankable. And I went to TD Bank; they gave me a line of credit, Wells Fargo, etc. And as you build relationships with any lender, and you make right by them, and you do what you say you're going to do, that line of credit gets increased significantly over the years. So now I have a very good banking relationship with TD and other banks. If they want my business, they're uh, they have to earn, obviously. Excellent. What is the most creative or unusual sales tactic that you've ever used? Um, I sometimes put a lot of, you see, in my business, it's not, it's a, it's a commoditized industry. There's only so much product out there of what it is. You can't go out and, we trade cell phones, obviously. You can't go out there and manufacture certain types of phones. The manufacturer has to do that. So whatever's available in the secondary market, they either take or they don't. So a lot of times I'll put a lot of pressure on the clients to, to make a move, bring other, bring other, not necessarily their competitors, but other customers who will potentially buy or suck up that product so they can't get it anymore. You know, I mean, nothing, of, nothing unusual, just, you know, trying to create a sense of urgency, essentially. That's what it is, because it's a commoditized business. It's not like I'm going out washing a car. Everybody could wash a car. Everybody could sell French fries. My business is very, very commoditized. Either you have it or you don't. And that's, that's what, it, what it comes down to. What are you most proud of? In business? In business. Uh, I am proud of my success, but I don't think it's, I am not 
content. I'm not complacent with it. I'm. I I know I'm very successful, but I don't. I view myself as it being ten times bigger than where I am today, uh, because I see the growth potential. I know what I'm capable of. I see what I've done at 26, 27 years old, uh, making the list twice, like I mentioned prior, and uh, you know I'm, that's pretty much uh, pretty much it. Andrew, you're remarkably passionate entrepreneur, hardworking. I'd like to invest in your company. I'd like to give you a check for a million dollars. I want to invest. How will you deploy those funds? You know, in my business, it's very opportune-based. There's not always, you know, if you said, hey, I'm going to give you a million dollars, there's not a, a necessary spot where I put a million dollars right away. You, there's certain opportunities that present itself. It could be every month. It could be every quarter. And the key is that's why you have to have the relationships with the banks, the open lines of credit revolving. So if you need funds right away, you can take advantage of a certain opportunity where a carrier, let's say, wants to dump overstock and they're, they're going to lose 200 hours of phone because they need to turn the cash, they need to take that money and buy new inventory. They want to dump their old product. We could take advantage. Their loss is our gain, essentially, and we've done, done that multiple times. So there's no certain spot where I would put a million dollars right now. But when the opportunity comes across, which they do in my industry, uh, then it's a different scenario. Then you'll call me. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Depending on the interest rate. Of course. Of course. <laughs> so, Andrew, if you had magical powers and you can go back to the first day that you launched your business to change any decision you've made up to this date, what would you change? Nothing. Nothing, because I wouldn't be where I am today without the mistakes I made. It's, it's a learning process in business. You win some, you lose some, but hopefully you win more than you lose. And that's it. You know, as I mentioned before, there's been no catastrophic mistakes, knock on wood, um, but nothing. I mean, this is what makes you into the businessman you are today. What the business decisions I made when I was 22, 23 versus today, 26, 27, they're, you know, tremendously different because of that knowledge, because of the mistakes, because of whatever, just your, your business experience. So I'm going to hand you now my magical crystal ball. I want you to look into it and tell me how the business climate will change in the next five years and how it will affect you and your business. What uh, Basically what we're getting involved now is uh, something called urban recycling. And uh, I see it's, it's a very niche-oriented market. I see obviously a tremendous amount of growth potential with it. We're basically taking phones and we're procuring them from different collection recycling companies and we're sending them directly to a smelter to extract the precious metals out of them. And these are not phones like iPhones, Samsungs. These are phones that are beyond repair. Stuff that no one wants in any secondary market because either they're defective, the boards don't work, there's just no demand for them or the technology's obsolete. So we're simply taking the phones in mass, massive quantities and shipping containers overseas to extract the uh, precious metals out of them, the gold, the copper, the silver, the palladium. That's what I'm focusing on because there's always going to be demand for commodities and there's always going to be people upgrading phones and phones coming to the market, a consistent supply and consistent demand of that product. Very interesting. What one word describes you as an entrepreneur? Crazy. What do you mean by that? Uh, I think outside the box. I don't always do everything as other entrepreneurs do in a conventional way. Sometimes they make uh, wild decisions, quick decisions, and you got to be quick. And some of those decisions obviously have been very, very successful. Um, just different, I guess, different slash crazy. <laughs> I think they call that Meshuggah. Yes. 
In your opinion, are entrepreneurs born or are they made? Ah, that's a very, very good question. Um, I think a negotiator is innate. I think negotiators are born. Uh, that's just depending on how you negotiate, how you react to certain situations. Um, I think it's it's a combination. It's a combination. I don't think there's one definitive. If you're born an entrepreneur, if it, I think you know hard work always overpowers any kind of talent. Uh, that's what it comes down to. You work hard, you repetitively repeat your task, and you're destined to do it, and you're determined to do it, you're going to do it. And obviously that's in a situation where uh, they weren't born, they were made to do it, and they were determined to do it. Who do you go to for guidance or advice? Do you have a mentor? I talk to my dog. What kind of dog is it? <laughs> no, I'm kidding, no dog. Uh, I, uh, you know, my father is an extremely successful physician. Uh, unbelievable what he does, but uh, you know, business-wise, doctors are not always the best in business. But uh, he's always given me, showed me an un a ridiculous work ethic, and that's where I get my work ethic from. Just do what no one else is willing to do, and work your ass off. That's the mm -hmm. bottom line. Um, so I, I'd say my father. Uh, I have a close friend that's actually an attorney. And, uh, you know, those are good motivational people. So based on your experience, share with me a piece of business wisdom that you would like to share with fellow entrepreneurs. Uh, I think to really set yourself apart, you have to really do something different. You have to differentiate yourself. You have to be different from the pack different from the crowd. You gotta stand, stand out. That's how you're gonna make a name for yourself. That's how you're gonna promote your business. Because if you do what everybody's doing, you're gonna have average results because you're doing average. Um, you have to find whatever industry you're in, something that no one else is doing, whether it's excelling in customer service, whether it's giving a better product, whether it's offering better quality control, uh, better price. Um, it's, you know, there could be a combination of things. My, that's my suggestion is that differentiate yourself. and. As I mentioned before, pick up that nickel. Do something what no one else is willing to do. That's what's gonna create that difference in your company. That's fantastic. Similar question, what piece of wisdom would you like someone to share with you right now? Um, what's gonna happen with this deal I've been working on for four months next week? <laughs> That's, uh, no, I think, um, you know, I, just any, you know, I'm, there's no specific uh, piece. I'm always, you know, in tune. I always love listening to people that are extremely successful because, you know, same reason I'm here. Everybody wants to hear what successful people have done to be successful. They want to duplicate their strategies and, and uh, you know, act on it. How does your company make a mark in your industry? Uh, we, we stand apart because we have unbelievable quality control we're able to offer the financing of the client's needs, warranty, customer service, you know, hence the long work hours, responding to emails immediately if there's a problem, it takes, it's taken care of, it doesn't get put on the back burner. I mean, there's so many people in my industry that they put out a, a horrible product. And, but if they didn't do that, I wouldn't be where I am, meeting their loss or their, their loss. That's how I differentiate myself, by giving a better product. Their, I guess, mistake or screw up is positive for me, you know. What would you say is the boldest move you've ever made in your business? I put all my money and I leveraged the bank's money as well in one deal last year 
and that deal was the biggest success I've ever had in my business career. And uh, I did very, very well. Very, very well. And that, that deal put me in a position to make another big deal, which I'm about to close, the one I just mentioned, for about four months now, uh, having the capital, having the liquid. Um, that was pretty much a bold move, putting everything on the line because I believed in myself, I believed in my business, I knew that I would succeed. In what ways do you develop trust and respect with your team or your vendors, your customers? Treat people how you want to be treated. Do what you say you're going to do. Be a man of honesty. Be a man of integrity. Follow through. If I tell you it's getting done Tuesday, it's getting done Tuesday. If I tell you the invoice is getting paid Wednesday, it's getting paid Wednesday. Uh, employees, we give incentives. You know, uh, a big part is having a great team. My employees are wonderful. I like to move quick. I like to be efficient and effective. Time is money. They understand that, and they move at my speed as well. But you have to give them incentives. You know, your normal salary is great. They want, obviously, their job security, but... They want, you know, if you give incentives, they actually care. They, they have a piece of the action, essentially. How do you retain great employees in this work environment? Be, being fair with compensation, being fair with pay, treating them with respect. They want comfortability, you know, uh, my employees at least do. They want to know that they come to a secure job environment, they're treated fairly, and they have a job, and they have incentives to do well, obviously. Great. So let's pretend for a moment that your company tomorrow goes away. You can't go back in that same business. What is the next venture that you would want to launch? I'd go fishing. I would just go fishing and relax. I don't know if I, <laughs> no, I, I, it's, if, if something like that, it'd have to be, you know, the question like that, I never thought about that because it's not gonna happen. But uh, if it did, I would, it's very difficult for me to give you an answer like that. I'd probably look to procure, buy another business that's already established to get right, just to have immediate cash flow, you know, essentially, that's that's pretty much what I would do. It's a difficult question to, to answer that. Okay. How do you define success? Uh, if you love what you do. If you love what you do. I mean, there's people that, you know, make lots and lots of money, and there's people that make a little bit of money, but if you don't get up every day with the joy to come to work and love what you do, I don't think there's any incentive to really do it. I mean, obviously, to make the money, but what, what catapulted me at such a young age was just that, that passion, that drive, getting up every day and being there Saturdays and Sundays, not because I had to, but because I wanted to. Nobody's, nobody's saying to me, you gotta be there at seven in the morning. I do it because I want to do it. I don't have a boss calling me up, mandating a certain time I have to be in, and do it because I want to do it. Andrew, assuming business is equated to a great recipe, what would be the five main ingredients to yield a fantastic business? Uh, passion. Perseverance, determination, integrity, and honor. That's great. Very passionate. On behalf of EOS South Florida, I, I'm so appreciative that you were able to join us today in studio. Again, congratulations for your ranking on the Inc. 2014 list. And thank you so much for continuing the entrepreneurial spirit in South Florida. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. It's been a pleasure. You too. That's all for this inspiring episode of the South Florida Entrepreneurs on Fire. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. For more information about the Entrepreneurs Organization of South Florida, visit www.eosoflow.com.